is Monique Jeunet, also known as Diane Franklin. I want you to listen to Bobby and Jason's awesome AP podcast. Hey now, we are here live. Live! That's right, by sticking with a pen. <laughs> this is lucky this number is 13, baby. Oh, 13 O. Numero 13. Ooh, that's listen, right. Listen to him. Well, <laughs> welcome. Welcome to Bobby and Jason's awesome 80s podcast. I am Jason Pasco, and across the desk from me is... I'm um, Bobby Catalano yeah. in the flesh. That's right. Roberto Catalano. <laughs> oh, man. Today... I'm so excited about today's show. I'm so excited too. <laughs> we um, we have a special guest. Uh, I'll tell you about her in a minute, but we want to recap n- number 12 from last week. Last week. That yeah. was a fun show. That was a foggy head show. As I'll say I mean, we, we, we had so much stuff in that show. We went Corey Feldman with his kind of like mental breakdown. I went he, back and watched it again. You know, after, oh yeah? after we talked about it, watching it again, you're just like, was it any better? Uh, it's it's like it's like he practiced dancing by himself with no one giving him any critique. You think he used in front a mirror? of a mirror? A mirror? That's what yes. he did. Well, we did that, and then we did the whole Olive Garden deal. Unfortunately, Jason and I have no passes, and it's okay, man. I don't want to go there. Yeah, and we appreciate your offers out there, but uh, we're gonna pass. <laughs> oh, on and it. by the way, I'm very excited. Bobby was glitch free, but guess what? Mister Pasco had a glitch. Oh God! Do you know what it was? Well, I would say in high school, my worst course was math. Okay. Maybe I was I wrong in the numbers with the math? Well, it's possible you're wrong with the numbers with the Olive Garden math, but for one thing you're definitely wrong was the name of the movie that Brad Pitt and Angelie Jolie met. You said Mr. and Mrs. Jones. Oh, oh it's right. Oh, it's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh. I know it's a common error, Smith. Jones, I get Bobby, it. I guess I you're rubbing it. off on me. Listen, I'll let you go this time, oh, but next time I'm going to have to God. kick that ass. <laughs> oh, anyway, people. Spend too much time with, in, in the same room with Bob and you end up, you know, this is what getting happens. defective. My glitches rub off, as you've noticed. So anyway, back to today's show. We have a special guest. She was, listen, she was probably in everybody's top five babes of the 80s list she was probably also if you were a young boy at this time coming into teenage years one of those <laughs> you know special yeah, women she she she's stunning she she um her name is diane franklin many of you probably know her from um the last american virgin and also better off dead better off dead john cusack which is a cult favorite yes love you know better off dead what, awesome what i loved movie. about her in that movie is where she did that cute french accent mm-hmm. she played monique and um yeah she's going to be on the show in a little bit we're going to have her call in and we're very excited it's, it's going to be really cool you know we're going to talk some real 80s mm, we're going to get into her life we're going to see how you know she progressed in her career and what she's doing now so. but not just that she's an 80s babe she's a babe that's I mean, right she is. she's an 80s babe and she's still a babe today okay so i've been excited about this all vacation been thinking about it right so it's kind of like you know a little kid at the circus and all that kind of stuff so Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages. Wait, wait, Jason. This is not the circus. We're about oh. to talk to one of the hottest babes from the 80s. Do you think it's going to scare her away? I don't know. Diane, are you there? Are you there? I'm there. Yes. <laughs> it worked. You it didn't did scare work. her away. Well, welcome to Bobby. okay? <laughs> welcome to Bobby and Jason's Awesome 80s Podcast. And you know what? You're our first celebrity guest <gasps> i am honored yes yeah, mm-hmm. that's so totally excellent it really is it's Ex- exactly it's almost <laughs> like you are my second rite of passage here <laughs> <laughs> well you know you you know you're on everybody's top top five babes of the 80s probably number one on most lists yeah you know that Aww. that's Come- so sweet i i you know i'm always amazed when people again i'm always amazed i say this at every interview but i really mean it i i'm always um flattered and amazed that people remember me um because you know when the 80s uh were around we you know people didn't do as much publicity and we didn't really necessarily talk about you know ourselves because you really wanted to 
be, you know, watch films and just believe that those people you were watching in those movies were those characters. Right. And so today it's so different. Well, you know, me... everybody wants to know everybody's business, you know, so you, it's, um, cool. it's different. You, you said something in your book. By the way, I read your book and it was great. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. You said this, and I, I love it. You said, audiences rooted for me and booed me. They adored mm -hmm. me and they hated mm -hmm. me and mm -hmm. wanted to be like me or they just wanted me. <laughs> I just thought that was great. That was a great line. It it, ca it captured it. It really did. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, what, what is interesting is that so many um, actors, uh, they just want to be loved. And, you know, here's the deal. When, you know, an actor has no choice of how the audience perceives them. You know, you do your work, and if somebody likes you, they're going to like you for their reasons, not right. your reasons. And so I always, I just think it's so it's presumptuous to say that someone's going to, you know, I'm going to, like, be remembered in a certain way. I really kind of just let that up to the audience, and just being remembered is the gift. And so, um, you know, I just, I think it's just interesting how people, you know, People, everybody's got their own reason that they're going to remember somebody. So if I can be stuck in your memory for some reason, well, that's good enough for me. That's and, totally awesome. And I'm sure it's very interesting when you hear different viewpoints that you probably never even thought of when you see people. Mm -hmm. And it's it's got to be really, really right. interesting. So let's see. I have to say, like, some of the most interesting ones, uh, ones are for, from women because um, from women it's interesting because it depends on what they've seen me in, and um, and like I've found some women really, um, some women really loved me in Better Off Dead because I was like this. I reminded them of like I was this girl who was capable and positive, and they saw themselves in my character, and they went like, "I'm I'm like that. I'm not a girly girl. I'm like you know, but I'm like I'm not super tomboy." But they saw themselves in my role, and then. Another, uh, some women are like, I was so attracted to you. <laughs> hey, that's great. That's great. That is great. And then, and then other women were like, oh, I hated you in that film. You know, you were such a biatch, you know. And, oh, uh, I know what you're you know, talking about. Yeah. I know what right? you're talking. I know where you're going. I know, we know where you're going with that. <laughs> well, since, we, since you brought it up, let's talk a little bit about Last American Virgin. Okay. And, um, great film. I think it was was made in what 1982 i think uh virgin 1982 yeah it came out 1982 and we shot it 1981 and you were karen with a k right <laughs> yeah <laughs> tell us about the role how did you land that role oh my gosh um so such a cool story um it was basically i was acting for years before but i had not done any film work like i i had done like an extra role in a film, but nothing, no words, like absolutely none. And so when I went for the audition, it was a last minute audition. Um, and I was actually taking a test at NYU at the time. I was uh, taking a, a, a chemistry exam and I had actually said, I'm not going to the audition. I refused to go on the audition to my manager at the time. And once I saw that test, <laughs> <laughs> I went, you know, I have a better chance of becoming a movie star than I do being a chemistry, uh, <laughs> finding the careful cancer, seriously, right now. So um, I raced over to the audition, and then uh, very quickly they, they said, we want you to come next week to L.A. And, and screen test. But the thing about it was that I had been auditioning for years, and I was capable and, and, and ready to move on to the next step, and I think um, – it was probably kind of surprising just because I looked so young. I mean, I, I flew right. to L.A. and by myself and uh, screen tested. And, um, by and yourself. They were like, okay, let's shoot it. And I was shooting right away. Yeah, that takes guts. That's, that that's takes really... guts to go out there yeah, and do that. As a 19-year-old, I think in 19, that's pretty pretty unusual. I mean, I have a daughter who's 20 now. And I, I she would be able to do it, but only because she's seen my life. And she, I've, you know, taken her around to different places, traveled with her. So... You really have to be, um, ex you know, I mean, whether you're 19 or 29, you know, you have to live a little bit of life to go out and to take chances and, and be adventurous. Do you know what I mean? You got to right. you got to have that kind of you got to like that kind of lifestyle. Well, now, when you when you add the script 
and you read the ending of that film. Oh. I read that you wanted to change the ending, like you're the director now. <laughs> Is that oh, true? My gosh. Okay. Well, first of all, that's one of the things I learned about actresses is you're not the writer. But you know, there's something to be said. And I, I guess I just respect writers uh, because to me, like when a writer writes something, he writes it for a reason, or at least a good writer writes it for a reason, meaning it's supposed to balance the script. It's supposed to make sense. It's supposed to, you put something at the beginning that later on is paid off at the end, you know? So what happened was when, when I mean, when I was a, at that age and I got the script, obviously my first reaction was, well, that's not going to happen at the end. No, wait, did I just read that? It's, no, that's not, no, we're going to change that. I'm not going to worry about it. When we get to the set, uh, I'll talk to the director and, you know, that won't happen. Well, you know well, what? Funny. No, you know what? You know what's great? The film, what? the way the movie ended, that never happens in movies. And I think it's oh. why the movie is so remembered. Well, I think that's one of the reasons it is remembered. Um, I I wrote a book, you read my first book um, yes. about about my career and as an actress and and we can talk about that later it's on amazon and it and um my first book did it but now i, I have another book that's coming out and oh. it, um the thing is it should have been out in august but my editor's had it for a while he loves it and i'm so excited it just got back to me um so my my guess is it's going to be out at the end of october or november because i i just got to get it out um but awesome. i'm just you know it's like the finishing touches but the whole thing about it is um, this new book, we, I bring it up, this issue where, you know, the last, the ending of Last American Virgin is not an American ending. It's it's a European ending. Ending. The uh, Boaz Davidson, who was the, uh, is an Israeli director, and Menachem and Yoram Golan and Globus, um, who produced the film, are Israeli. So when they, when it was a story, and it was based on Boaz Davidson's life, who grew up in Israel. So that sensibility was like, this is what it's like, and this is and reality. We have to learn reality is teaches us lessons in life, and and we have to be as real as possible. With which, as an American actress, you're trained to be honest and real. So, when you look at a script and it's that real, you're going, oh, okay, I'm going to just do this. This is the way it, it, it's reality. But America is used to happy endings. Right. And so that's why I think it drew make everyone crazy because it has the word American in the title. So everyone's expecting this oh happy ending with these happy American teens, and it's <laughs> not happy, and it throws everybody for a loop. What a thing to learn, though, right there at the beginning of your career, though. What a I, great, you know. You know the, the the end scene with you and and um Rick, and you're yeah. you're on his, I think your head's on his shoulder, and that look that you give the camera. Oh. I, I don't know. I, what, what motivated you in that scene? Because you had that tear going. You looked, it. you did it perfect. Well, when the thing that happened, and, and I think this, that, I mean, I love Virgin. I just love that film. And what happened was because the ending, because of the ending, and I'm, I'm backtracking, but because of the way it ended, I had to figure out and rationalize why would I do this? Why would this character do it? And so... And for me, when I did it, I really felt like I, as myself, wouldn't do that only under the circumstance of being a, a person who's um, like doesn't have a center as a, a girl who's like sort of flies with the wind, goes with goes. If you're nice to me, I'm nice to you. If mm. somebody else is nice to me, I go to them. So it's sort of like I didn't have a center. So. But one of the things I did want to do was um, I had my first love. Um, I fell in love with this guy when I was 18 and I mean, marry him. It was so heart wrenching. And so when we, when we broke up and actually I broke up with him because I wanted to have a career. So it is kind of like Karen. If you think about it, it was kind of like, you know, it was heart wrenching. It was hard. Karen, but Karen, 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 Karen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so when I when I did this film, it was kind of like an ode to him. So the last scene was kind of wow, wow. yeah, about him and going. You know, I, I as much as I love you, this is not the right timing. It's well, just not the right I, timing. I and felt so, so bad for Gary. <laughs> 
I felt so yeah. bad for Gary. Yeah, poor Gary. I, I feel bad for Gary right. today. And, you know, that's, it's true. Like, you know, guys and they, people fall in love, but if the timing isn't right, it's, I think it's more painful than if somebody cheated on you. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Someone yeah. cheats on you, you can hate them. But if they don't and it's not the right timing, oh my gosh. How do you, how do you find the reason for that? You know, how do you, like, I know what you're saying. Like, how do you, if somebody cheats on you, you got a reason. But if they leave, you, you can't compute, you know? No, you can't, you can't, you wrap it around your head. You're like, I don't understand, you know, because one person can be ready, you know, for a deeper relationship and the other person may not be. What do you do? I mean, what do you do about that, right? Well, you showed it. You showed what you do. Yeah. You oh, did. Thank you. And you know what? I'm so grateful that it's on film because it's, it, it, it was so, it meant so much to me. And I, I always think, you know, as an actor, like when you, when you perform something that, if if it's real and it's deep, it should be shared. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's, it should be shared with people. If it's, if it's something, you know, I think that that's why, like, there's some great acting moments with people because they, really great actors give of themselves. You have to. And you have definitely given in your movies, I'll tell you. But uh, tell us a little bit about the book. What made you, what motivated you to write the book? You liked 80s movies and um, you liked the movies I was in, but you just like 80s films. Um, or if you even want to know, how does a person who's just like a regular normal person start, wind up starring in a movie? How does that even happen? How do you get there? And um, so I, it's just a, such a cool book. And then even if you're just interested in what was it like in the 80s? What was the speech like? What was it, what did it feel like? I mean, I, this book I took took such care of making it feel like when you read it you're in the 80s you un the, the words the dialogue the conversation it's like you're sitting at starbucks with me and we're talking <laughs> for like two hours and i'm telling you about my life in the 80s so um that's what the first book is about um ex it's the um uh the excellent adventures and then um so it's a great book for people who just want to go down well, memory lane. I can, lane. I can, vouch, I can vouch for it because I actually picked this book up on Amazon a couple of weeks ago and I read it and it's a great read. Um, oh, like, like you said, it covers your childhood. I remember you said something about a hamster that you had with one eye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Do you have any hamsters today? Yeah, a little bit of my childhood. <laughs> the one-eyed oh, hamster. hamster. Fluffy, yeah. Fluffy. And you know, you know what else I enjoyed? You talked about your childhood and the support that your mom especially gave yeah. you. And that well, you know, it, yeah, both my parents were very supportive, but I'd have to say my mom was the one who physically took me to the auditions when I was younger. And she really helped me. I think what I would say is she helped me because she was, she was very um, nurturing and she was one of those people like a she was like a European immigrant who didn't know anything about the business but was very like what you know whatever you want to do this is good you know and I will help you and she, she, but I don't know what's going on but I will help you know that kind of yeah exactly <laughs> they're staying out of your business but at the same time they love you so much that they want to help you right and she helped me with um you know and it was it was I think the thing that was really awesome about it is I really love my mom so, so much. And I think part of the business was it, it made us share more things together. Like, you know, when she would take me into the city and I started at 10 years old, um, we spent time together on the train and, you know, I would do my homework or, you know, she'd make sure that I got food early enough so that we could go on the auditions or, you know, um, kind of sure. She's like, okay, you got to go to sleep. Cause you know, you have big call back tomorrow, whatever, you know, but it was not, it wasn't worried or panicked. I think that sometimes, you know, like the parents like, Oh my gosh, you got to go do this. It's like freaking that. You do not want that. You do not want to no. have any career with a parent. That's a tiger mom esque freaking out or demanding, you know, it, well, it, 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 you don't want to do it then because someone's trying to make you. For me, it was like, I wanted to, and she's like, okay, well, let's do this, you know? So, um, and my father, he worked in the city. So what happened was, as I got older, uh, once I knew what to do, I would travel once after, like, maybe I was like four to 15, I started going into the city by myself, maybe 16. Um, 16 and I would years my dad old? In the city. We'd go on audition, audition together, and then you took me home. And then once I turned 18, obviously, then I, you know, or 17, then I went by myself into New York and uh, went on audition. I thought it was, I thought it was impressive that um, you're one of your first, um, some of the first money that you made, you bought your mom. Tell everybody what you bought your mother. Oh, I bought. 
bought my oh thank you for saying this. My, I bought my mom a dryer. I did like a, it's like in washer and dryer. Great, that's awesome. Because you're you're such a great daughter. You're just a great kid. Yeah, right. Nobody had a dryer, and like she would work so hard. Like she'd wash the clothes, and she'd hang them on the line in the back, and I'd be like, oh my gosh, like I could see how hard she was working. And so I get her this dryer. And my parents, we were like lower middle class. And so like, and I was all excited and all proud of it. Like, look at what I got you. You don't have to work so hard anymore. And then what happens? My family, my dad's like, well, it's too expensive to use because you have to use a lot of electricity. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Spoken like a dad. Just like, you know, the European is like, let's save the money. So it was like, okay, I guess. But I mean, she used it eventually more, you know, but it was kind of funny that, the irony of it all was that, you know, you as a child want to, like, get your parents nice things, and then they're just your parents. They're, they're your parents. They go into their own kind of logic, <laughs> and you're like, whatever. What, 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 did your mo- what did your mother and father think when they saw your Alaska American virgin or better off dead? What were their thoughts? This was really cool. My parents were always very um, supportive of what I wanted to do. And I remember when I was a, when I got the actually audition for Virgin, just to backtrack a little, um, well, up until then they were very proud and they would like save pictures and they weren't showing off. They didn't like go to people and go, Hey, look at my daughter, but they just saved it. They were so just proud, you know? And that makes sense. I think Mm -hmm. amazed, you know, like how is that even possible? They didn't even realize like how, like they just, I think we're kind of amazed. So then when I did Virgin, like I got the script, you know, there's nudity in that. And I, I said to my, um, my parents, like, what do you think? I mean, would you be shamed or embarrassed if I did this? And, you know, my parents were like, I mean, it was funny because, because they're European, they were like, you know, in America, everybody is so worried about sexuality, but they are very, you know, they don't worry about violence. You know, right. and they were more, you know, like if you want to do it, you know, and it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, that's fine for you, for you. It's like they're more like they were more concerned about maybe violence, like using a gun or something like that, which I never even was sort of came to have happen in my career. Like I never wound up going for action films and things at that time. Um, well, so you, I didn't have to worry you, about that, like having a gun on the set. But for, for that, they were more like, it's natural, it's beautiful, it, you know, and they were like, whatever you want to do. Um, and it was only my sister, uh, I have a half sister, and she was like, she was my sort of American kind of, she, she was born in Germany, but she really got the American sort of the sensibilities. Whole, the whole culture she vibe. Said to me, just funny, she said to me, um, you know, you're going to have to live with it. Whatever it is you do, you have to live with. And I really remember thinking that is such a good thing to say because regardless of what your parents think, you have to live with it. And so if you make a move and you do something, you have to understand that you, you own it. It was your you decision. Know? Yeah, it was your decision. Yeah, can exactly. We, can, let's talk a little bit about a movie that didn't do good in the box office, but it ended up being like a cult, this cult kind of following. And you know yeah. what I'm talking about, right? Is this what you're talking about? Oh, oh Monique. There you go. Monique, Monique, Monique. <laughs> I love you, Monique. Bonjour, mon ami. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. So, oh, yeah, wow. we're, we're, we're definitely talking about Better Off Dead. And you started that with John Cusack. And, mm-hmm. and from what I read, this is one of your favorite movies you ever made. Yes, yes. I was so fortunate to get this film. Better Off Dead... Um, you have to understand that as an actress, you know, you go for auditions and having a, at this time in the 80s, mid 80s, 85, getting a, a girl lead was still difficult. I mean, Molly Ringwald, I think, started it as well. I mean, well, actually, Virgin, I had a lead, but it, I was still the object of desire. You know, I didn't right. have mm-hmm. the story wasn't about well, it really wasn't about me. It was about Lawrence. And, and Gary, um, but it just started with those John Hughes movies where now women were starting to take teen girls, not just women, but teen girls were starting to be the leads in films. And when I got Verge, um, Better Off Dead, here was a girl who was capable, but she could be feminine, um, she was funny, um, and I have to say it was kind of ironic that she has to be European, right? Mm. <laughs> to be that character, <laughs> to, be the, to be capable, but... Um, 
I just loved the role and I wanted it so badly. And I remember coming from off another film and I had played a French girl and I thought, Oh, I was supposed to audition for Beth, the other girl in the film. But when I saw this French exchange student, um, I just have to go in and the, try to get it. And I remember going to Oh, I love that. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Diane, Diane. I want to see me as that, but I just don't feel like this. I went in and I said, I really want to play Monique. Because Monique <laughs> is bad, like, wonderful. And uh, I like her. Like, I know I can play her, you know? That was great. Give, give, give me a little more, Monique. I, I could listen to that for hours. Yeah, like read a menu or something. That's fantastic. <laughs> Oh, I just, I just love, I just love playing that character. I love accents in general, but oh, that was just such a fun what, role. What, what was it like? What, what was like working with Cusack? Lovely. Hmm? John, uh, John and I had a blast doing the film. Um, I have so much respect, and I just so adore him. And uh, I just feel like I was so fortunate to be doing that film with him. And he, it was. Um, it was everybody, everyone on that film loved working with each other. And it was, again, here's a film, no, there's no nudity, there's no bad language. Um, and then it goes into an even wonder, more wonderful stretch of like with the animation and the claymation. Oh, yeah. um, and, and it was based on Savage Steve Holland's life. Again, another film, Virgin based on the director's life and uh, Better Off Dead based on the director's life. The, and how amazing is that? It's amazing. Based on people's actual experiences, you know? I, I love the characters. I mean, the, Mrs. Smith and her son, Ricky, they cracked me oh. up. Your interactions mm. with them just Ricky. were... Un Ricky. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's Ricky. Uh, awesome. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, for Laura Waterbury, um, she unfortunately has passed away. She passed away a couple of years ago. Um, so sad. She was absolutely hilarious. And we would do scenes together. And between her and Dan Schneider, who Dan was so funny, but he obviously was understated. Um, that scene when the, she squeezes my face at Christmas. And she was like, oh my gosh. like <laughs> crying tears. We were laughing so hard. I, I remember Savage the director trying to like, he would, we'd have to do retakes because everyone was laughing. I mean, the crew would laugh and we'd be like, no, that's quiet. awesome. Have to do this again. <laughs> yeah. It's gotta be, it's gotta be hard to hold it together with these talented people just trying to make you laugh. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I just, it, it's just a great feeling. Every film you do has a, a tone and a feeling. So you do a horror film and it's like, it's like a, sort of solemn oh, wait. quiet feeling. speaking and, you know speaking you, you every film has its own uh i don't know what there's a word for it but it's it's just sort of like better off dead because it was a comedy the director kept things light and then everybody followed suit so we didn't feel bad about laughing we would laugh we knew we had to work but um we had a blast and it was great seeing the crew laugh the reactions oh my gosh and you know him with the you know I've been in, in high school for I don't know how many years, but it's 20 years or something. Oh, yeah. I remember that. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, where did this come from? And um, the other thing I want to say about Better Up Dead was it's a film you can pass on generation after generation because it's got it, – the humor got cleaned up. Original, originally, the script was a little more racy, but they – I think whoever um, – CBS took it, and whatever they did, they cleaned it up enough so that they could – grasp a larger audience so what was really fun is that the college students when this was became popular it was passed from you know student to student in college because that's when everyone got vhs's and data machines or whatever and was like you've got to see this film man it's so cool so they would pass the the vhs over and people would watch it but um it before that happened, you could not recommend this film because if it was opposite, like Officer and a Gentleman or something, you couldn't say that this film, you you know, spend your $5 on this film instead of the more sophisticated film. So I think it just got to explode because the we've had more um, media choices, and so you can watch it anyway and anywhere, and you can then now have a bigger audience to show it to. So I am just so thrilled you guys love it, because oh. 
not it's just hilarious. us, but I it, just love that film. It doesn't get old. You could just keep watching it. It's just one of those kind of films. It's right, it's, and you can watch it over and over again. And uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it is like uh, you know, don't just don't put your uh, these uh, tentacles. What is it uh, on me? Right? Uh, oh. Did I get it right? The tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoddy, shoddy. <laughs> That's great. You're not, right? So, Diane, I have a fun fact for you. And All right. For the people listening, maybe they don't know this. You did a um, a television movie called uh, Deadly Lessons, mm. and you worked with Bill Paxton. Now, yeah. I heard there was a little romance there. <gasps> yes, uh, I did. Oh. I I loved Bill. I, yes, I dated Bill. We um, we did the film together. Um, and my whole thing when I was acting or when I acted, I, I never get involved while I'm working with someone because it loses the um, magic. If you get involved with somebody while you're working, um, you want to have that magic on screen. You don't want it off screen. Do you know what I'm saying? No, exactly. Mm-hmm. If you like that person, you know. And um, the thing with uh, Bill was... Um, I think what's really fun is that you see the chemistry on film, and then, um, then after, and then the other thing is, where do you meet people? You're an actor. How do you meet people? I mean, most people go to a job and they see people there, and that's how they get to know them. But as an actor, you only get to meet people that you would want to date or something when you're going on auditions or you're getting a job. So that's where we meet the people that we, you know, would go out with. And especially if you have another actor, they have a lot in common with you. So you tend to say, oh, well, let's get to know each other and and maybe we'll date, whatever. Um, So we started dating. We dated for a little while. And he's just a sweetheart. And um, it was great. And the funny thing about it, which is is that I ran into him at a convention um, (laughs) within like the last year or so. And I had my book. And I, he was being interviewed, and I snuck up behind him, and I wanted to give it to him. And when he saw me, he picked me up in the air, and he like That's whirled me awesome. around like Ricky did in Better Off Dead. He, he picked up, he picked up all five, two of you, right? <laughs> and he rolled me around, and it was so funny. It was like, yay! So, um, and so I gave him the book, and I said, "You're in." I put you in this book, so he was thrilled, and um, he was on to, his way to do a film with, I think, Tom Cruise or something. And oh, he's great! Uh, he's so, great. He did um, yeah. he did some really good '80s movies, like he did Weird Science. He did Al- yeah. Aliens, which is one of my all-time Time favorites. favorites. Oh my gosh! Love Aliens. So, tell us some roles that you didn't get that you wanted. Oh, well, this is a part of my first book, and you could read in more detail about this. The biggest role I would say that I didn't get was Amadeus, which is so interesting Ooh. if you look at my wow, career. That's a, before, that was a big one. Yeah, that was a huge film, but it was also, like, critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. And, and okay, so, you know, as an actress, like, you go on auditions, and it's it, it's like, okay, so, like, some actresses, they just do action films. Like, they maybe that's... Um, or they get associated with them, or some do like just horror. And and I don't know if it has to do with their, uh, you know, people just see them that way or what, what they choose. But for me, I've always been the kind of actress to, I am always attracted to characters. And so whatever film it is, it, it doesn't matter if big budget, small budget, I, if it's a good role, I will do it. Like, I love it. So, um, and this goes for even today, because I've, I've actually have some fun things to tell you about today. So, um, oh yeah, we, okay, cool. we're definitely going to get into that. Yeah. Now, now, cool. now you didn't get the role, but then wasn't there a blessing in disguise by yes. you not getting that role? Was, I, I went for Amadeus, and if you want to read details on it, get my book. But the deal was, um, it was for the role of Costanza, which is Mozart's wife, and it was a huge deal. I was flown to Czechoslovakia, and it was screen testing and costume and makeup, and it was just what a beautiful experience. But obviously, I didn't get the part, um, and uh, Elizabeth um, Berridge got the role, and I think she did a really good job. She certainly, you know, you know, I think she certainly put her heart into it, and. Um, so what happened was, though, I mean, I was definitely disappointed. I mean, I was definitely like, I wish I'd gotten it. But at the same time, I, I'm, a, I'm the kind of person who believes that sort of everything happens for a reason. And what happened was, after that film, I got better off dead. And if I had not, if I'd gotten Amadeus, my whole career would have been drama. It would have been like, because once you do something critically acclaimed, it would have been, I would have had to not 
I would have been more choosy. I would have had to um, been, I couldn't do just anything I wanted. It becomes, it's just a different world. When you start doing critically acclaimed things and you start to have to pick and choose your projects. Um, but when I got better off dead, Oh my gosh, like first of all, that just led to like an incredible experience. I loved working, doing comedy. Also, if I hadn't done that film, then I wouldn't have gone in the direction which I, which I did and met my husband, who is awesome, mm -hmm. and had my gorgeous, wonderful kids. And it just, you know, and so my life right now, I'd have to say, is amazing because I've just, it, I took a road and a path that led me to my true happiness. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Like, no, exactly. Happy, and, and so. Things happen for a reason, you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. what happened. Tell, yeah, so. tell, tell us about your daughter, Olivia. Oh, my gosh. All right. I can, we, we'd have a whole podcast based on her. Um, <laughs> I, and, and, both, and my son, too. I adore my kids. I mean, it's not even like I just – I'm one of – and maybe it's because of my mom. Like, I just saw what she did for me, so now I pass it on to them. Um, I'm supporting, you know, their careers, what they love to do. And uh, so what happened was my daughter, she's a filmmaker. She writes, directs, acts, and edits films, but she is only 20. And she actually has been, she was in the LA Film Festival. She got a film in there when she, uh, she was like, uh, the she got an award for a uh, future filmmaker. I guess they have a, they picked a future filmmaker award, like um, section, and she was in that um, with a film called Humanized. It was like a, that was like a 15 minute short around. And then she got into the Soho Film Festival when she was 16, and she was the youngest filmmaker that they had, uh, like that they selected. She didn't win an award, but she, but well, she you, selected. You must be proud. You must she, be proud. Yeah, you got to be proud. Yeah. Oh, it, and, it, and I'm, I'm proud because, you know, she's doing it. She does it on her own. And she's, see, like, it's not, she's not coming from a place where it's like, all I can tell you is all my experience as an actress and, um, learning about film and, and doing it really gave, gives her a great perspective as a filmmaker. And she does comedies. That's her thing. So to so keep your ear out for her, Olivia De Laurentiis. She's in film school now. She's at, um, she's at UCLA. Awesome. And she did like, like elite kind of like, they only took 15 kids into this program and she's, she got in. So she's in her, junior year and she'll then graduate and then we'll see what happens but um she but right now if you want to see her stuff she's actually uh she does work with this on the show she writes and and acts in skits for a show called after dark with jillian uh, julian clark on on um it's um, an internet show. And so if you look at, they have like these skits, they do, she is in it. So you look for Olivia De Laurentiis or you can go to OliviaDeLaurentiis.com and you can look at her film page and you can see some of the older stuff and I'm acting with her. Awesome. Oh, we need to check that out. We have to check that out. Daughter and mom <laughs> acting together. So let's talk about the decade of the 80s. It's it's like in, in vogue today, like, the, all the stars of that time, like yourself, were going to these conventions, Comic-Cons, all these different events. Tell us some of the events you've been doing and you will be doing in the near future. Oh, this is so amazing. If you would have told me in the 80s that I would be going to conventions and doing signings and acting again and um, tra you know traveling all over the world, I would say you're crazy. This isn't even possible. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I know that feeling. And, I, maybe it's because I'm not, uh, I didn't expect it, and but I've always sort of had this feeling of like you, in life you have to put, put out the energy of that you want something, you know, that you're interested and you're open, and then things will come to you. If you, if you have a sort of expectation attitude, like I expect this and I need this to happen, it will never happen because that is not a very fun person to, you know, who would want to be with that person? What happened was I, I was open to going and doing, uh, you know, open to ex new experiences. And I met Scotty Schwartz, who was uh, the actor who had his tongue stuck on a pole, I guess. Oh, yes. Oh, I remember you that. Remember that? That's a moment. Story, right? <laughs> Christmas story. I ran into him, and he had done these conventions. So he's the one who recommended it to me. He got me, he got me into my first convention. And after that, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so wonderful because I got a chance to – 
meet people who knew the films and were so excited and, and appreciative of going back and with nostalgia and meeting me. And I guess it's sort of like bringing back nostalgic memories with me there. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I started doing conventions and um, then from that, I decided that I was going to write my book because I thought, well, you know, people seem to be interested. I'm not sure. So what I did was I made this sort of um, a, a book that was sort of a tester and I made like a hundred of them and people bought them all. And so I thought, <laughs> okay, if people are interested, then I will publish a book. So then I published my the book in 2012 and I still bring that to conventions and sign it. Um, or if you buy it on Amazon and bring it to me, I will sign it for mm -hmm. free, which is very cool. And, um, and so, and then I was, what I would do at the conventions is I would tell people on, you know, to friend me on Facebook. But then what happened was my Facebook account got full. And so I thought, oh, I'll open another one. But then Facebook, I had like thousands of people on the second Facebook one and Facebook shut me down. They were like, no. And I was like, oh, no. Mm. So now I'm telling everybody go to Twitter to Diane Franklin 80 because I want them, if they, to know what's going on with me, you've got to like sort of, you got to follow me because a lot of things are happening and I will not only talk about like, I'll bring up 80 nostalgia and I'll post pictures from the eighties and things that I've done and movies and films that I've done. Um, I also like when people post anything from the eighties there, I think it's, it's really fun. Um, it is, it is. We're, we're, we're it actually, brings us back, right? We're, we're um, so even if it's a different actress, I back them. I, I love seeing other actresses from the eighties. I, I, I'm a big fan of E.G. Daly and Amanda Wiss and uh, Betsy Russell and um, Oh, Deborah Foreman. I love Deborah. In fact, Deborah, we, we wound up becoming friends on Facebook, and she actually invited me. Um, she got me to go to this thing called 80s in the Sand, which is in 2017. I guess it's Deborah. Right now, it would be Deborah Foreman, me, and I think Andrew McCarthy, if he's still going, and um, Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, that's and a that's a nice up. that's a nice eighties lineup. That's there. a good lineup. And then there's eighties um, bands, um, a bunch of eighties bands. Uh, I I forgot which ones now, but maybe mm, I don't want to say I don't want to misquote. But there's a whole bunch of eighties bands, and then there's um, downtown Julie Brown's going to be there. And nice. Um, uh, it's just, but it's going to be a week of eighties fun in the Dominican Republic for a week in November 2017. So if you go to 80s in the sand, um, I guess if you buy this vacation, you go down and you have a week and I'll be, we'll all be down there and it'll be like bringing back the 80s. That's so cool, the memories of that. That's gonna be yeah. awesome. I mean, you're I gonna, and you're so gonna get fun. to interact with all these fans who love the 80s. Plus, I get to see the actors that I didn't necessarily meet when I was acting. That's true. Like, That's <laughs> very cool. That's true. <laughs> We were up, maybe we were up for the same role, but we would never see each other. Like she was blonde, I was dark, so we'd kind of not be up for the same role. It's kind of so you just there's a lot of actors that I know in the business, but I didn't, I don't get to see, except at the conventions. At the conventions, I go, oh my gosh, I was a fan of your work, and then they come up, oh, I used to love that movie. So it's a much more, um, it's generous because you know it's like going to high school. You know, you go to high school and you see, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in so long, and I, what are you doing? That kind of feeling. So, um, but that that's with conventions. Now, the most recent thing has been, I've actually, um, well, actually, and then there's a convention coming up. On October 7th and 8th, I will be in Louisiana at Louisiana Comic-Con. Nice. You can see why you need to Twitter me. Because yeah. There's too much going we're, on. We're, we're, we're actually, Diane, we're actually, um, we're actually following you on Twitter. So we're, we'll, we'll definitely post all these events for you. Mm -hmm. Yay, thank you. And that's going to be so much fun. And I'm going to be there with the other princess babe, uh, uh, Kim um, LaBelle, or uh, Kimberly Cates, as her, her name is today. And so the two English princesses will oh. be showing up um, at Louisiana <laughs> Comic Con. And so bring your children, because we are going to meet them, and, and we'll have very many lovely things uh, to give them. And uh, so it's quite lovely. Um, and... Uh, so that's going on. And then on top of it all, I got approached by two Better Off Dead fans, two uh, directors. Um, one is um, a, a director named um, Brian Farmer and uh, Scott Craig, the two directors together, and they did a film called Waking Nightmare, um, which I'm 
have I like have a day of left to shoot, but that's a film that I'm doing right now, and I have an amazing role, um, so that's exciting. And then I did a psychological thrill thriller. Granger Hines plays my husband, and it's about the final interview of a serial killer. And I play the, uh, Granger's. Um, he's the like sort of a he gets interviewed by sort of a a journalist, sort of like a Walter Cronkite kind of a person. And I play his ex-wife and the news director. Um, and, and it's basically sort of like a play, a three-person film. But in both these films, you will never, you have never seen me play a role, roles like this. I have busted out. Oh, wow, stretch. So, so we definitely need to check this out. You've never seen me play these characters, and you're going to freak out. So anybody who's a Diane Franklin fan is going to freak out. <laughs> I like that. like Oh my gosh. So, um, yeah, both of the roles are very different and uh, totally different characters. And yet it was so exciting just to do them. So exciting. And all I can tell you is it's going to be totally worth it to see these films. It's going to be totally awesome. Uh, no doubt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Diane, Diane, we want to thank you. We are so happy. This has been so awesome. I mean, we got to talk with one. We, awesome. it, that's the name of our podcast so everything's awesome and it was great to talk to one of the hottest babes of the 80s and Thank Diane you. you're, you're looking awesome. great today too I mean you, you you look great thank you I you know I, I tell you something for me I look at it and I go why can't well 80s actresses and I've, I've found this to be even with the conventions we take good care of ourselves you know <laughs> I, you really do you take good care of yourself as you get older um so it's kind of interesting, and I, I love seeing other actresses looking good because it's sort of like role modeling what we can be. I mean, you know, sort of. Right. You know, we can still be hot. Sure. Oh, sure. 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 You know, sure. Yeah. I think that's kind of why not. You know. So um, <laughs> I think it's it's good. Uh, you know, uh, my feeling for that is, you know, if it shows good role modeling for other people and from and even for my daughter, that's awesome. So. Um, you know, we are, I, I'm very happy that I've even been considered an '80s babe, or even today. You know. <laughs> well, what did you think? Did you did you have a good time on on the show? I had a great time. I had a blast. <laughs> awesome. Can you give us a little bit of that sexy French accent on our way out? Je t'aime. I love you very much. Bobby and Jason. Oh, thank you, Diane. <laughs> Thanks, Diane Franklin. That was awesome. She loves us. She, she, she said it. I can't believe it. <laughs> Well, we love you too, Diane, and we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, being our first, Diane, you were our first. You always remember your first. That's right, always. So, Diane, we will always remember you. Always. Again, the second thing for us to always remember you for. She's uh, definitely a sweetheart. You can tell by the, you know, she's just a real person, Um, and it was just a great, great interview. Yeah, she's just, wow. I mean, I'm still sitting here, you know, kind of like pinching myself. <laughs> I know. It's like, that's the girl you, when you were a teen, you're watching in Last American Virgin or Better Off Dead or in Amityville Horror and number two. I mean, she, she's she been in quite a few movies. She is a babe. She is a babe and she's definitely legit. And you know, just sitting here, bud, and we're just, uh, when you and I were just sitting here thinking about doing this podcast not too long ago, and then here we are talking to Diane Franklin. Yep. And, and you know why We have more. Celebrity guests are going to come in the future, so be stay tuned. Stay tuned. We're just opening the floodgates right now, and who, what a awesome! I mean, we set the bar real high with this one, didn't we? We did. So, do you have anything from our fans? Of course, I got stuff from the some, fans. Some, some fan comments from Facebook. From fans and friends. Let's hear them. Here we go. Okay, I got some fan comments. Went and picked out some stuff. Yes, I know everybody out there. I don't post too much on the page and whatnot, but I do stalk. I stalk every one of you. I can tell you he is a stalker. Yes, I am. <laughs> and I've got the uh, record to prove it. Just kidding. But um, I know I don't post much, but I do read everything you, you, you put up there. And this is my week to pick some comments out. So here we go. I'm trying to pick the hardest names possible, by the way, too. <laughs> so Helena... Joseph Milnek. Sometimes I think you guys invent these names, okay? What's up, Elena? Yeah, you guys have like these fake Facebook accounts and you make these hard hard names and you say to yourself, I can't wait to hear them. Elena's a normal name. It's actually a pretty name. Sorry, Helena. I'm just, you know, I'm still (laughs) on cloud 10 
from Diane here. Super excited to listen to the new podcast. I will make myself a cup of coffee and chill on the couch and listen tonight. I really look forward to hearing them. It's becoming a routine. Wow, great. A, a cup of JoJo, Bobby and Jason. What else could you ask for? That's all you need. What a routine, I'll tell you. <laughs> a soft pillow, you know. Melanie Lindsby Miller. What's up, Melody? Oh, here we go. Okay, they, oh, all right. Okay, Melanie. I think I heard a glitch or two, but this time it was Jason. Mm. <laughs> oh, yes. Mm. There were what a the few. hell? Exactly. That's what I say. What the hell? Wrong movie name, and I believe is see the math was wrong on the Olive Garden pizza discussion, but I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. That's great. Okay, well, you know, I am a good tipper. I understand. You it's know, awesome that. that I'm not the only glitch person. Oh, stop! Around. You're rubbing off on me. Come on. <laughs> we'll have to go back and listen again. Jason's brain must still be in vacation mode. Okay, back to listening to the podcast, Melanie. You got your priorities. Right. I love you, Melody. That was great. Keep looking for those Jason glitches. All right, Gia Did Dominique. I know you put it up there phonetically. What's up, Gia? Gia's a big fan. Yes, and she's got, oh man, all these consonants running on here. I'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) OMG, guys. I was getting ready to do the Chaka Chaka Khan, Chaka Chaka Khan thing. Chaka Khan, Chaka Khan. Two, when you said her name. And you did it right when I did. See that? Great minds think alike. I always love, love you guys. Great job and loved listening. Well, we love getting your comments too. We love Thank it. Thank you, Helena, Melanie, and Gia. We love that you listen. Thank awesome you. We do comments. appreciate it. Okay, well, I have the mailbag. Do your little mailbag it's thing. It's the 80s email bag. 80s email, 80s email bag. <laughs> uh, that's always interesting. <laughs> anyway, this one is from Jasmine Sinclair. And she says, a friend told me about your podcast, and I'm glad she did. I remember both of you from Dance Party USA. It was one of my favorite TV shows in the 80s. What I loved most was the lip syncs. I remember the Valentine's Day show when Bobby removed his sunglasses. <laughs> yes. Hey, hey, hey Bob. Whispers. Hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. Yes. Um, can you share Carol's Whispers, man? No, I can't. It's part of my childhood, man. I can't. Come on, Bob. Copyright. <laughs> and she continues, I also loved Wan Rap and Last Christmas. We like those two. We like this. And um, she says also, you both look so natural doing those performances. I also remember Kelly Ripa. Oh, Kelly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Being on the show. It's amazing to see how far she's come in her career. It is. She's doing great and we're we're proud of her. Yeah, it's it's kinda sometimes it's kinda crazy to see all that. But it's yeah, awesome. It's great and for her. She also says, Jasmine says, Your podcast is awesome and I'm hooked. It's amazing to see you both together again. Just remember, you have a big fan here in Austin, Texas. Ooh. Well, thank you, Jasmine. That was awesome. Awesome. Love Austin too. Austin's a great town. Okay, it's that time, brother. It's that time! Oh, It's that time. This podcast will self-destruct. In five, four, three, two, one. Boom! We'll see you later, everybody. We'll see you next time, everybody.